This is Photo Chat with Friends, the photography podcast, and I'm Rajiv. I chat with fellow photographers and content creators, get insights on how to improve my photography game. This podcast is aimed at beginners in photography like myself. Follow along as we talk to many photographers to understand how they approach the art of photography. I try to put out one episode every weekend, but due to my workloads, sometimes I miss a week. Today we are talking to Kavi Arasu, a founding member of Flintrock, a consulting firm that specializes in reimagining work, learning, culture and change. He's a photography enthusiast, celebrated blogger and an expert in storytelling. He's also a childhood friend of mine. We grew up together and went to the same schools. So I'm pretty excited to connect up with him again to talk about the power of imagery, the art of storytelling and along the way we discuss why it is important to have a hobby hi kavi welcome to the show hi rajiv it's great to be here thank you for having me in your show thanks for your time i know you're a busy learning professional uh, yeah i'd like to think so okay <laughs> all right so let's uh, get into this basically basic uh, premise of this uh, episode today is the art of storytelling combined with the power of imagery and this another part that i would like to discuss with you is uh, the importance of having a hobby and how does that impact in your personal professional life all right so let's begin with uh, with an elevator pitch what do you do well that's a very tough question uh, because i do a number of things um i think perhaps what's good would be for you to listen to a bit of a background story uh, for several years i cut my teeth in the human resource functions of a few organizations in india and after that the feeling was that i possibly can do this to many more organizations and serve many more organizations so there is a portion of me which helps organizations recraft their learning journeys and and what's called as a learning organization how do you ensure that they see, that they serve the, the needs of their clients as a learning organization and therefore stay relevant for the future so that's one one part of what i do the other part of course is uh, i i believe in the power of stories and i do a, a lot of work in the space of stories and story based change both at a community level and within organizations uh the third element of what i do is i'm interested in technology and the change that it's ushering in in human minds and organizational and community spaces and therefore to help organizations and community spaces to cope with changes in technology we kind of work with the communities organizations and help them figure out better ways to connect to the changes around them so that's the third thing that i that i do uh, you fondly uh, encompassed all of this under learning professional but well that's that's not uh, that's not a completely accurate description i would say so all of this is what i do other than that of course i i do some running i do some travel i do some photography i do some uh, random conversations that are slightly more structured so so a whole heap of things rajiv so I wonder if that's a that's the most convoluted answer you've got for what do you do but 
that in a sense is a premise that the more difficult it is to answer the question what do you do well you are on to something that's how i would look at it interesting so it's uh, it's been quite a journey and and learning has been a is probably i uh, can i say it's it's kind of a a theme that's through everything that you do more than learning i think the theme that's resonated with me ever since i started out in advertising many many years ago is change change and how people are able to adapt and craft relevance for themselves in the space of the changes that they're seeing around them that has been the common thread and learning is an important constituent of that what causes the change one of the one of the reasons that change uh, change happens finally is learning so learning is more one of the reasons why change happens and i'm more wedded to the change than to learning in itself nice um and what about storytelling and uh, i know from a video that i saw on youtube where you were addressing a group of people in a conference you were talking about how uh, you use images uh, or f- photographs to it kind of anchor the story that you're telling uh, how does that work how how does that work in your uh, the content that you create well uh, the stories i discovered uh, as a as an important tool to change the change work that i do i discovered stories slightly lately uh, slightly later than what i should have uh, we all have very powerful stories everything around us has a story to it or rather we supply a story to everything around us we learn through stories uh, my my greatest influence in my early years was my grandmother and the only reason why i would love to go back to her and talk to her constantly was that she kept telling me a lot of stories and even now some of the some of her stories are the cornerstones that have shaped my my values my thinking um, and some of it some of them helped me tide over difficulties uh, or face life in much trying times and what i realized was stories are extremely powerful in organizations um, in communities because these are traditions these are ways of working these are culture uh, that is passed on from one set of people to another sometimes from one generation to another and all of it happens through stories and if you if you know a way of working with stories then you are able to help people shift they're thinking about things and when you do that to a number of people in one ecosystem then the ecosystem starts thinking slightly differently and they start making meaning of the work that they do and the output that that that, that particular work produces very differently and therefore stories become extremely important uh, for several of our, our several of our work it's important for us to understand what's the story that's running currently in our mind because that shapes our belief systems and without altering belief systems much change is not sustainable and therefore it becomes extremely powerful to first to hear the story that's running and then to be able to make sense of all the stories that are happening 
around you and then to craft a new story and then to start living it uh, me and a colleague uh, uh, we we developed a framework uh, and we called it the tell host make sense uh, framework which is you have to have the ability to craft and tell a good story you will have to have the ability to host good storytelling to happen by other people or the ability to listen to many other stories to come up and then the and then the key ability to string together different stories and say this is therefore the common thread or this is where uh, there is a discord or uh, this is a place where things begin to go wrong or right or whatever so uh, so it's important uh, to look at stories uh, from a perspective of change as well and therefore it's uh, as i stated earlier change is my central theme and therefore it becomes extremely powerful in being able to re- in, in being able to uh, act as an instrument which can shape thought and change excellent uh, point you make the uh, kavi and talking about change i think um, i mean if you look at my journey so far and every year i've discovered something new and i've kind of adopted it into my skill set and that's kind of transformed my um outlook my career um and and the way i define myself as well um and photography was uh, one such uh, discovery that i made when i shifted to um, new zealand so that certainly has transformed uh, my outlook towards life and also what i want to do uh, in the future as well so it's kind of transformation at various levels um so in that sense um how do you look at the i mean uh, how do you look at photography i know that you picked up photography as an addition to your blogs right um how how how's that panned out for you well um photography is an extremely important uh, instrument uh, that i picked up i call it instrument because it's an instrument of change the world is moving from words to images that's my hypothesis that lesser and lesser of people connect to words but more and more people are connecting to images and the power of images is now as in the lots more people who will be able to connect and read an image far better than or appreciate an image far better uh, and i picked it up by by default uh, as in it just it was an, it was an accident because i just had to have something to complement the blogs that i was uh, writing many many years ago and uh, i thought it would be a, a travesty to go into blogging without pictures and then i started hunting for pictures and uh, i used to hunt for pictures from around the web, around the internet and i used to keep posting those pictures and uh, and suddenly uh, posting those pictures as a compliment to the blog post that i was writing and suddenly somebody came by and said hello excuse me you can't do that that's copyrighted that particular picture is mine and that's when it hit me that i could not do uh, what it was randomly doing is lifting images from the internet and and adding it as a compliment to my own writing and then it struck me that at that rate i was almost writing one post a day many many years ago and 
I was very clear that if that was the case, I had to go out and get pictures for myself. And then I started walking by and started clicking pictures and I was always moving around with the camera. In the initial stages, I was writing a post and then I used to go hunting for pictures to complement that particular uh, post that I was writing. And then later on, it shifted to I'm going to walk around with a camera and I'm going to keep clicking pictures. And uh, on a particular day, I would say I'm going to write about something and say which of those pictures would act as a prompt, act as a stimulus for the writing to flow. So that's how it, it all evolved. Uh, and over a period of time, pictures have thus become a very important component of the change work that I do in organizations as well. I show a person a particular picture and I show the same, same picture to someone else in the same room and they have two different stories to tell. And that in itself is very illustrative for uh, leaders, even at, at, at a, the levels of a boardroom to start thinking about the fact that I may be able to see the same picture, but we imagine different things from uh, whatever picture that's being shown to us. So it's, a, uh, it's, been a, it's been a journey where I started out with it because I had to, and then fell in love with, and now live with it uh, in a very joyous state. Uh, and these are extremely important as tools to tell very good stories. And more importantly, going back to the framework that I mentioned, these are very good in eliciting stories from other people. You show a picture and a story emerges. And photographs, very good photographs, um, are extremely powerful in getting pictures, uh, in getting people to tell great stories about their own lives or their own backgrounds or their own, uh, their own areas that they much rather not talk about. Those jump out at the sight of a picture more than a string of words, however well-crafted those words are. So how do you see social media in today's age? Like, do you think um, Instagram has hijacked photography? I think there have been different ways in uh, different ways and platforms which have been available to people over the years to express themselves. I think uh, these are just platforms. These are just tools. Uh, which train comes and parks itself there where it goes from that particular place is, is, is for us to see. Um, yes, at an earlier age, uh, I used to be extremely focused towards how many likes I got, how many people commented on it, how many people said what about whatever I had posted. Now, that was a time when I used to live for other people's views and approval of what I had done. And it has a certain way of creeping into you. And subtly, you start doing things so that you get other people's approval, or so that you get more likes, so that you get more, more comments, so that it gets shared more. But over a period of time, uh, what has come up is you don't shoot to get approval. You shoot so that you are able to get a sense of joy in being able to capture a particular moment in a particular form that will stay with you forever. As much as Instagram and as much as all the other forms of, uh, of, uh, of, being a, of social media uh, have come up, each of them have their own way of trying to see if there is a better way of social validation. They can create a lot of problems 
if you just go by that particular uh, aspect of it. But the moment you cut loose from that and start doing it for the joy it gives you rather than the approval and the appreciation that it brings from others, it frees you up completely. To me, these are tools and a tool is a tool is a tool. And how we use it is what will determine how much of benefit we get from a tool. If I use Instagram for social validation, well, that's about what I get from it. And that's the social pressure that I have to live uh, in that world. But if I use it as a mode of free social expression that I'm just putting some stuff up there because I found it interesting and there are three or four people liking it or nobody liking it, it doesn't rile me these days. It just says, okay, I mean, it doesn't matter. In any case, uh, I'm not I'm not in the space of earning money through it. It's just a form of self-expression, and uh, that in itself is enough. But it's a it's a graph that people go through. People go through uh, people go through many stages before they get to that level, and I'm still going through those motions. Um, so why I say that I still go through those motions is sometimes I ask myself why I should be happy when suddenly a lot of people start liking or commenting um, uh, on a particular post. It should not give me any extra happiness or should it give me uh, any extra sadness when no one does. It's a little bit of a tough ask if you, are, if you ask me, but to be conscious of, of this possibility can rid yourself of this, um, of this OPM, I would say, of public validation and public appreciation that comes from total strangers. Okay, so if that's the case, what do you substitute it with? Uh, okay, so then people ask me, so then why are you on Instagram if, if you're not there for the likes and the connects and everything else, and why are you there? Well, the number of conversations that I have picked up with people, the number of friendships that have blossomed out of that, the number of people's homes that I have been invited to around the world, and the number of people who have actually had me stay over and uh, exchange stories. Uh, that has been phenomenal. And I keep telling people, had I been focused on how many likes I got or the kind of uh, positive appreciation I got, I wouldn't have gotten this far in connecting with people around the world. Connections happen when you're free of requiring somebody to approve of how you are. Connections happen because you have a story to tell and somebody else has a story to tell, and both of you are, sit, are willing to sit down and listen to each other. That has been the benefit and the power of these tools for me. Amazing. Um, that's that's an excellent um, insight. It, you're telling that to me as much as you're telling that to other viewers and listeners as well. <laughs> um Right. So let's uh, look at f photography as a hobby. And uh, stepping back, uh, uh, why should one have a hobby? As a working professional, does having a hobby be like a, a stress relief valve? I think um, there are, to me, I mean, I, uh, I encourage people often to have as many different hobbies as possible. Uh, as I said earlier, the more difficult it is for people to tell me who they are and what they do uh, is a very good way for me to understand how much of a width people have. 
So uh, I'll give you three reasons. And these three reasons are why I love hobbies. I love doing other stuff uh, on the side so that um, it keeps me alive. And I have three reasons to tell you. The first one is this, that where do we get our sense of identity from? Do we get it from a job? Do we get it from a relationship? Do we get it from who we are born to? Do we get it from uh, where we are born or where we live? These all uh, are, are providers of an identity to us. In a majority of us, the sense of identity comes from our jobs. And research has proven uh, many times over that narrower a, pers a person's vision of self, more they are prone to depression, anxiety, and a number of other things. And therefore, when a sense of identity is not confined to a job, the chances of life flourishing and uh, the person living a full life is far higher. So you have to have, that's my opinion, you have to have a little bit of wit to what you do. So you don't stick just to a job, but you do a few other things as well. Number two, hobbies create a safe space for experiments, which means I pick up photography, I can, I can make a few experiments. It's not my job. I am allowed to make a few mistakes. Um, and in making, of that, in making of those mistakes and in, in constantly trying to, uh, trying to get better, it just gives me a safe space to do a few things very differently. Uh, the most important thing is it allows for imperfection. I know that I am doing this as a hobby. And I will be making a few mistakes here and there, but that's absolutely okay. Uh, and in that process, I learn a few things and that learning plugs in back to the job, plugs in back to whatever I do uh, in the form of new energy, in the form of new, uh, new ways of thinking about myself, new ways of working on something that was completely disconnected. So that's number two. Number three, hobbies help find friends. Hobbies help find new relationships, uh, especially with the way the internet has exploded and the chances of finding people who share similar interests, who share similar ways of thinking like you. Finding those people have exponentially gone up provided you have a sense of a hobby or something that you're doing, that you're pursuing for reasons beyond putting bread on the table. Um, putting bread on the table also brings you in touch with a lot of people. No doubts about that. A hobby gives you a different feel. For instance, I do some long distance running uh, occasionally and that is a hobby in itself where I'm able to connect to a lot more people, talk to them, uh, work with them, see what else they do, catch up for a coffee uh, and then see that they how they drink their coffee they, and, and all of that it just gives you a lot more um, relationships so to me all these three reasons the first one where do i get my sense of identity from the second one where do i get my safe space for experiments and learning 
And the third one, where do, where do I get new friends, new relationships, new conversations blossoming from? All these three needs are met beautifully by hobbies. Um, and all of these feed energy into the main job that I'm doing. Uh, and uh, that's, a, uh, that's extremely powerful. And sometimes what I started, start out as a hobby in itself becomes the main job. For instance, stories uh, and conversations, which started out as a hobby, has become my main vocation. That puts bread on the table now. And, and there is no, never a dull day when those kinds of things happen as well. That, that's an amazing insight, Kavi. Thanks for that. And uh, so you're saying I'm allowed to take bad photographs once in a while. Everybody's allowed to take photographs. Bad or otherwise is for other people to see. <laughs> <laughs> okay nice okay let's uh just to close this uh conversation bookend this conversation um are there any favorite photographers out there that you follow and second question or the final question is um so i'm i have picked up a hobby and how do i then go about getting better at that hobby Okay, uh, do I follow great photographers? Some of them, uh, some of them, mostly on Instagram, uh, uh, because that's a place where it gets displayed properly. Um, and some of them have a knack of telling a good story along with the photograph as well. Those people are really special. Uh, I don't recall many names here. Uh, for instance, I was walking uh, in uh, Baku in Azerbaijan last month. Uh, it's a country that I've never been to, but they were having a beautiful photography exhibition which was on uh, whilst I was there. And it was just on the steps of the... Uh, the exhibition hall that they were it's a, it's a beautiful place uh, and the Haider Aliyev Center and as I was walking up the hall they had a number of photographs that were printed uh, and the stories that went alongside those pictures just made me pause uh, made me look at read the story look at the pictures again go back, do the same thing. And I, I mean, I could have spent days just doing that. And quickly came to find in each of those photographs at the bottom, there was an Instagram handle as to who the photographer was and what the, what the person was doing. Um, and of course, I was carrying a phone and we took pictures and we came back and... Uh, immediately looked those people up and started following them and seeing the kind of work that they do. The point I'm making is you don't have to be the greatest of photographers to be able to, um, uh, the greatest of photographers with the best of equipment to tell a good story. Uh, some of the best stories are made by very ordinary folks. That's part of my timeline. Uh, who have a day job, who do other things, who are accountants, who are uh, 
who are scientists, who are uh, recruitment professionals, any anybody. Uh, they're able to capture good pictures and tell good stories with it. Some of them are great photographers who've been able to click awesome pictures and again tell stories along with those pictures. The pictures must cause you to stop, must they cause me to stop, they cause me to think, they cause me to um, wonder about, not necessarily about how can I do that, but just about what is getting conveyed and what kind of a story is this? Uh, what must be the background? What must be the thought uh, in being able to tell this kind of a story? Uh, there is there is no uh, no no desire to even start thinking about how can I do this. Uh, the the only desire that's there is to just soak in the story that's coming up from that particular person from that particular picture at that time. A good way, in my view, to build on a hobby is to be able to uh, continuously stay at it. To me, a community makes a great big deal, which is just a connect of five, six people who are at different stages in picking that up, uh, different stages in the hobby, is extremely powerful because you learn from a set of people. Uh, you're able to have your safe space. You're able to put your thought across. You're able to have other conversations about the kind of stuff that you've done. And that builds a lot of... Uh, uh, that builds a lot of courage for you to go back and do a few things. So if you are interested in, in a particular hobby, I would think it's important to do two things. One is to find the basics of the hobby and really see if you're interested or is it a passing, uh, passing interest or is it going to be a lasting interest for at least some time. Invest the money if it takes the money or invest the time to be able to do and check out a few things. After you've done that, I think it's extremely important to find other people who do it and see if you can do things together along with them. And when you do things together along with them and you're able to look at things differently and you're able to process results differently and you're able to um, step back and examine and reflect what you've done and the mistakes you've done or the highs that you've committed, uh, the, the highs that you have been able to secure then it puts you on a different pedestal of learning because A, there is an experience plus B, there is a collective processing of that experience in a safe space. That is priceless for me. When I started out running, uh, we, we were a bunch of people at different stages of life. Uh, some of them were fast runners, some of them were slow runners, some of them, were, some of them got to the running largely because the doctors told them, some of them got to running because they wanted to beat triathlon uh, records. So it was all very different. We came in together for different reasons, but the time that we spent together became lasting friendships. And because of that, my running data is available to them, their running data is available to me, and we're able to look at each other's data and get inspired and, and do a few things. So getting a community for me is extremely important to furthering a hobby. That sort of uh, sums up the entire episode uh, Kavi uh, thanks a lot for your time and all the best uh, on all your future endeavors thank you Rajiv uh, all the best to you too go ahead click some photographs inspire the world make a few mistakes 
<laughs> and and have a good community of people who will look at it, enjoy it, appreciate it, and invite you over for dinner and lunch. So that was Kaviyarasu, a learning and development expert, sharing his thoughts on photography, the art of storytelling, and the power of imagery. To me, there were three big takeaways from this conversation. Number one, every photograph tells a story, and there is a story waiting to be unearthed right in front of you. Number two, it is important to create for your own satisfaction, not for the dopamine hit that comes from chasing likes. Number three, having a hobby gives you the safe space to make mistakes and learn. This influences your professional and personal life. It also widens your profile and ultimately leads to a fulfilling lifestyle. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did bringing it to you. Now for the call to action. If you like this episode, do share it with your friends and family. As always, please share your feedback with me. All you have to do is follow me on Instagram. Look for click more pics and send me a direct message. Till the next episode, stay safe and keep clicking.